uh, on those two days. So uh, be praying for him. And I've got, a, I've got a word to share with you today. And the normal thing to do on the last Sunday of the year or the Sunday right before New Year's, of course, is to share a New Year's resolution sermon, right? That I'm not doing that at all. So, um, so yeah, so I, I'm... I'm not going to, today, I'm just going to warn you, I'm not going to bring you a cute little 10 steps to a new year. I'm not going to bring you a little uh, diagram on how to scope your year out. I'm not going to teach you 12 ways to make a better 2015. I want to just preach the word this morning and something that is going to impact your life. I want to give you something. Nothing I have to say is important at all. Nothing Zach Buckner has to say carries any weight. But every single jot and tittle of this word right here has so much to say, and it carries so much weight, and it's real, and it has changed my life, and it's changed so many lives that I'm looking at out there right now. So I want to encourage you, don't listen to what I say this morning, it's not important, but listen to the things that come out of this word and the scripture this morning. Can you do that? Can we commit to do that this morning? How many know that this word is true? This word is true. And like, it, absolutely. And Here's the deal. If you're in here this morning and you don't know about this whole God thing and you don't know if you bought into if the Bible's true or not, you know what? I know that by the time that we leave here, the Lord is going to impress upon your heart who he is. I believe that truly. And so I just want you to buy in for just a minute and listen. Just give it a shot. If, you're, uh, if you are skeptical or you don't know who God is, I want to tell you about him a little bit this morning. I want to give you an encouragement on how to live your life a little bit. So let, let's pray before we get started. Lord, I thank you so much for this time. And right now, I just lay myself down at your feet, God, and I, I pray that you would be heard, that nothing gets said that you don't want said, and that everything gets said that you do want said. And so, Father, I just pray that hearts would be impacted this morning by your word. I pray that um, this word would go out into good soil and people would be able to live their lives by it, and lives would be changed. We wouldn't just come on a Sunday morning and go through the motions and go to a service and nothing happened, but God, I pray that lives would be changed through your word this morning. In Jesus' name, everyone said Amen. So the last two weeks, God has been stirring in me really big time, and I've been just kind of in a mode of thankfulness. I've been thinking about this last year, not only personally, I could go on and on about the stuff that God has done in my own life that is absolutely ridiculous and amazing, but not only that, but as a church, God has done so much in this last year. It's been crazy. It's like God jam-packed a decade's worth of stuff into one year. Did you guys know that last year there were more baptisms that took place than took place in the last five years combined? Like, that's great. People's lives, during the mistake factor, I wish you guys had an opportunity to hear all the testimonies we heard as we went through the mistake factor and all that. And Pastor Paul is going to recap so much of that. But I'm telling you, God did so much. And I'm sitting there thinking about it, and I'm just like, God, this is crazy. What you have done is beyond what any of us probably expected at the beginning of the year. And we had big expectations. But as I, I start to be thankful, God's like, yeah, you know, that's, that's what I do. That's what I do. Like, that's, that's just who I am. And oh, by the way, Zach, I don't want you to stop right there. I want you to, like, whatever you thought was awesome about 2014, go ahead and multiply that like crazy because 2015 is going to be way better than that. Like, I'm going to do way more out of what happened in the foundation that was laid in 2014 in people's lives, there are going to be more people impacted in 2015. I believe it. 
I'm, I'm, I'm believing to see this place full of people who don't know God coming to know the Savior of the universe. That name that we were singing about, no other name, there are going to be people come, coming in here in droves in 2015. All those prophecies that have been spoken over our church, I believe they're going to really come to pass in 2015. We're going to see that in an obvious fashion. I think it's really going to happen in 2015. I hope you do too. But the last few weeks, God's been saying, I'm so glad you're thankful, but there's more. There's so much more. And that's what this series we've been doing is all about. We, we've seen uh, this, the more. We've seen more Christ. Christ moss. Dong. I'm anxious to see how many of you have gone to Taco Bell more in the past month, too. Just like subliminal messaging. But we've been talking about how Christmas is so much more than what we measure it up to be so often. And if you're like me, you've gone through years before and years and years where it's like you go through Christmas and you're kind of left at the end and right now you're just like, okay, so Christmas is over and stuff and things. So what do I do now? I guess I just wait till next Christmas and like Groundhog Day it all over again. And we're going to, you know, go to the same houses and do the same things. But, man, if you're like me, you get done with Christmas and you're like, there's got to be so much more. There's got to be more. You know, Jesus didn't just come to a, to a manger. God didn't send his son to earth in a manger and he just stayed sweet little baby Jesus his whole life. There's so much more that happened. At Christmas, we remember him coming. But, man, there's so much more to that story. Not only did he come, but he died and he rose again. Jesus did so much more than remain sweet little baby Jesus with golden crusted diapers. That's not what he stayed as. There's so much more. There's got to be more to the story. There's more to the story of Christmas. And so I'm going to use a scripture that has absolutely nothing to do with Christmas seemingly. And it has absolutely nothing to do with New Year's seemingly. But it has everything to do with Christmas and New Year's. It has everything to do with every single day of your life after December the 28th, 2014. That's what this word has to do with. So if you've got your Bibles, you can turn to John 14, 12. And we're going to read through verse 14. And remember a minute ago, we said that every single word of this thing was true. So just think about that as we read these words. It says, very truly I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I've been doing, and they will do even greater things than these, because I'm going to the Father. And I will do whatever you ask in my name, so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. You may ask me for anything in my name, and I will do it. Now, if you've been a believer your whole life, you've probably led, read this passage a ton of times. You've probably heard it preached on a ton of times. You've probably moseyed on through in your one-year Bible a few times uh, through this scripture and thought, oh, that's a cute scripture. That's a great scripture. You know what? Jesus, those words were really, really powerful. And then what? But, but then what happened? There's more to the story. Did you see what I just read there? Jesus said, look, if you're on board with me, and, I'm, and what I'm doing, if I'm Lord of your life, get ready. Because stuff's about to get real. Stuff's about to get real in your life. Serious impact can be made through you and through me. The same stuff that Jesus did, we can do. The same stuff. I had, a, I had an opportunity a couple, uh, actually last year in October, to go to Haiti. My brother Cody, that's actually where I met Cody uh, that's on the worship team for the first time. We went to Haiti together on a mission trip. And, you know, one of the things, there's so much there that I could tell you about that's awesome that God did. But one of the things that impacted me the very, very most is, like, the second day I got down there or so, second or third day, 
uh, we had been spending a lot of time with some of the pastors down there, and I met a guy down there, and he's like my brother from another mother now. His name's Eve Yanel, and uh, he's a pastor. He's a Haitian pastor. He's like 20-something years old, like early 30s, young guy. And um, so we're sitting on the porch one day. We get done doing our work for the day, and we come back and sit on the porch. And so Eve gets a phone call while we're sitting on the porch, and he's like, hold on, my brother, you know. And he's like, so he's like talking in Haitian Creole, and he says something. And he looks at me, he's like, hey, Zach, hold on a minute. i got to be right back. i got to go cast a demon out of somebody. I'll be right back. <laughs> and, like, he could have just said, I'm going to go fry some scrambled eggs. Like, uh, he could have said, I'm going to go start my car. It was like, it, he said it just like that. It was like, hey, man, I'm going to cast a demon out of someone. It's not no, no big deal. Go cast a demon out of someone. And it's like, you know, then Eric, uh, one, two, three, Eric, he was like, he was like hey, I, I got to go. He gets a phone call. These guys are getting phone calls from people. He gets a phone call, and another guy's talking to him. He's like, dude's got a gimpy leg and needs somebody to come. Hey, I'm going to go heal somebody's leg. You know, it's like these guys talk about the word of God like it's actually true. And, and like they, they actually are crazy enough to believe that the things that Jesus did, they can do too. They actually believe that everything in here is applicable to them, that Jesus wasn't just being uh, philosophical and he wasn't just making a picture, a word picture with these words. But what did Jesus do here on earth? These are the things that we should believe we can do. He changed water into wine. He cured the nobleman's son. He cast out an unclean spirit. He cured Peter's mother-in-law of a fever. He healed a leper. He healed the centurion's servant. He raised the widow's son from the dead. He stilled the storm. He cured two demoniacs. He cured the paralytic. He raised the ruler's daughter from the dead. He cured a woman of the issue of blood. He opened the eyes of two blind men. He loosened the tongue of a man who could not speak. Jesus healed an invalid man at the pool called Bethesda. We're only halfway done. Jesus restored a withered hand. He cured a demon-possessed man. He fed at least 5,000 people. Come on. Jesus healed a woman of Canaan. He cured a deaf and mute man. He opened the eyes of a blind man. We're about a third of the way through. Jesus cured a boy who was plagued by a demon. He opened the eyes of a man born blind. He cured a woman who had been afflicted for 18 years. He cured a man of leprosy. He cleansed 10 lepers. He raised Lazarus from the dead. He opened the eyes of two blind men. He restored the ear of the high priest servant. And oh, by the way, he rose again so that me and you could have eternal life. That's what Jesus did for us. That's what he did. That's what he did. That's what he did, church. Do you believe it? Listen, listen. Let me tell you something. That's nothing. (laughs) You know what else he said? You know what he said in that scripture? He said, these things and what? (laughs) Are you kidding? These things and greater things are you going to do. Who is you? That's right. It's you. It's those who are called by his name. It's those who he ransomed his life for. Those who he shed his blood for. That's who that is. It's you. Mm. Sounds like we got some work to do. And we are the more. We are the ones that he said would do greater things. That's who we are. You know, I want the more to be unleashed in my story. I want the more in my story. And in order for us to unlock the more in our story, there's a couple things that have got to change in me. I want you to look at two people and say, I want the more. Look at two people right now and say, I want the more. We want the more in our story, God. So here's the deal. There's a couple things that we've got to unlock in order for us to realize the more of our story. And the first thing is this. We've got to put mediocrity to death in our lives. 
And let me just tell you, we're way behind the eight ball here. If you were born and raised in America and you've been raised in church in America, we're way behind the eight ball. We've got a lot of stuff going on that, that holds us back. There's a lot of tradition to man and a lot of ritual and a lot of stuff going on that keeps us from realizing who Jesus is sometimes. Even good things that distract us and cause us to head towards mediocrity. But we've got to put mediocrity to death if we want the more in our story. And we've got decades of it surrounding us. But you know what? I know somebody that can fix that real quick. Here's the deal with mediocrity. Mediocrity always finds an excuse. It always finds a better time or place to minister to your neighbor. It finds a better time or place to share the gospel with your coworker. It, sh- it finds a better time or place to break the awkwardness with somebody whose relationship is broken. It takes a better time or place to reach out to the teen pregnant girl who has nobody. It takes a better time or place. It always finds an excuse to do the work of to not do the work of God. It always has an excuse. But we've got to put that to death. And I don't know about you, but I am sick of being mediocre. And I want to make an impact for the kingdom of God. I want to see this city and this region make an impact for the kingdom of God. Do you realize the people that are sitting in this room, the impact that can be made in the next year? Do you guys understand who you are? Can I tell you you're a child of the king? And all those things and more, you can do them? That's who you are. No more mediocrity. None of that stuff I read on that list was settling for mediocrity. That's kingdom stuff. There's nothing mediocre about our God. There's nothing mediocre about him. When my God does something, he restores it better than it was before. That's what he does. It's who he is. Mediocrity's got to put, be put to death. Those of you guys who were lost and got found again know I'm acting like a crazy person up here. Man, I was lukewarm and mediocre, and God rescued me. He rescued me from the pit of hell. I was so stinking mediocre, it wasn't even funny. It's ridiculous. Playing a game, and he rescued me. And man, I am messed up now. I am so messed up. Oh. Can we quit with the mediocrity, church, and go get what God's offering us? Amen? The next thing we got to do to realize the more in our story, we got to go further than good intentions. Say further. Further than good intentions. I love the word further for lots of reasons. That's our worship night name. And, but I like the word further because it means movement. It means looking ahead. Mm. There's so, something so cool. So I was preparing my sermon, and just this last week, God was like, hey, here's a cool little thing for you to, to share because I'm awesome. Um, so we go to my grandma's for Christmas. I've gone there since I was in the womb. Every Christmas day, we wind up at Granny's. Everybody's got a granny, right? If you're from the South, you do. Or a Nina, or a Mima, or a Mimi, or whatever. You've got one. And, and so uh, we were at my granny's, and we always find some time. We're a pretty sentimental family. You wouldn't know it. But uh, my dad, you know, had a flat top my whole life and, like, didn't look super sentimental. My dad's here. Hey, Dad. And my mom's here, too. I love my mommy. Um, so anyway, so we always do. We, we, we reminisce a lot. And my grandpa passed away not long ago, and so... You know, we always find some time to remember the great stuff about who he was. And so my dad comes up and gets me, though, during Christmas uh, at Granny's. And he said, hey, Zach, come down here. I want to show you something. And so me and my dad and my uncle and one of my cousins went down to the basement to this, this keepsake chest. And dad starts telling me this story. And he starts telling me about these, these little sweaters. Um, and they're right here. So here's one of them. And, and I was like, Dad, what happened to Granny? Like, get that for you. And it shrunk in the wash? Or did you dry it and you weren't supposed to? 
Have you been watching too much, honey, I shrunk the kids? I don't, like, what's the deal with your tiny sweater? Uh, and so that one says 1972, and then that one says 1973. Well, so my dad and his brother um, were, were tech students, and I'm not going to spoil the, the story just yet, but here's the deal. In 1960-some-odd, uh, when my dad and my uncle were like four and five years old-ish, uh, my grandma and grandpa decided they were going to have some sweaters custom-made for my uncle and my dad. And they put the years on there that they would start Tennessee Tech University. Um, and so they put those uh, years on there. And uh, next thing you know, um, my dad and my uncle started Tennessee Tech University in the uh, exact years that are on those sweaters. And, and what's so cool about that, it got, me, it got me thinking. My grandpa and grandma decided that they had to go further than good intentions. They wanted a life that was better than theirs for their kids. And so they decided, and they were intentional, but they went further than that. They were like, you know what? We're not just going to say that we're sending our kids to college. By grab, we're going to make sweaters with the year that they're going to start college right now in 1960. And they're going to go to college. You know what's really weird? My dad and my mom went to college together. And my uncle and his wife went to college together, and crazy thing, totally coincidence, I wound up going to tech. While I was going to tech, I got called and got, got uh, an opportunity to do ministry here full-time, total coincidence. Like, there was a lot of stuff that got unfolded. Oh, my sister and my brother went to tech. My cousin went to tech. Like, there's all these people. We had like nine tech grads in our family. And you realize that all started because my grandma and grandpa declared something? Because they decided, you know what, I'm not just going to act like this is going to happen. I'm going to do something and go further than a good intention. We're going to dadgum get some sweaters sewn up. Yes, and that's true purple and gold. Hashtag purple pride, baby. That's the real deal. Uh, go tech. Hey, by the way, today is church bulletin day. If you go to the tech game and watch the basketball game, get in for a dollar. A shameless tech plug. Here's the deal, though. I don't, none of this story, it don't matter that we went to college. Who cares? God can use anybody. That's not the point of this story. The point of this story is that my grandpa had the presence of mind, my grandma had the presence of mind to go further than good intentions and not piddle around in mediocrity. They decided that was going to happen, and they believed in a God who was faithful. Let me just tell you something. You think, oh, yeah, of course they sent them off. Yeah, there's some well-to-do couple, and they you know, had it all together, and it was probably really easy for them to send their kids to college. Let me tell you about my grandparents. My grandpa worked for Kern's Bread Company about 70, 80 hours a week on a bread truck. People used to say he was off the truck before it stopped moving. He developed two bad knees because of his time at Kern's on that bread truck, paying for the sacrifice that would send his boys to college. My grandma worked about 40 hours or more in a laundromat every single week trying to make a better life for their kids, doing their part, doing their part, and they knew God was going to do his. And, oh, by the way, they had just lost their daughter two years before they had those sweaters made up. Their life was a wreck. They didn't have two pennies to rub together. He had an eighth-grade education. She had a ninth-grade education. But they had a God who was faithful, and none of that stuff mattered. None of it mattered because he is faithful and he will do it. First Thessalonians 5 tells us that God is faithful and he will complete what he starts. And all we got to do is go further than some good intentions. God didn't good intention Jesus to the cross. He didn't good intention him out of the grave. He commanded it to happen and he saw that it happened. God didn't good intention our souls to salvation. He had to make a sacrifice and send his only son to come and rescue us. 
God's not a God of good intentions. He goes way further than that. He gets stuff done. There's movement behind our God. There is movement. And it wasn't some flaky prosperity gospel nonsense, name it and claim it, blab it and grab it, speaketh and reapeth. That wasn't what the deal was. If you told my grandpa he was prophesying, he'd tell you you were crazy. But that's just what he did. He didn't know he was doing it, but that's what he did. He walked with the Lord, and he heard God's voice. He didn't have a degree in seminary. He didn't even have a college degree. He didn't even finish high school. But dadgummit, he knew the Lord. And he knew it took more than just good intentions. Him and my grandma had to sacrifice stuff to make sure their kids had a way made for them to have a better life than they did. Let me just tell you, my mom or my dad and my uncle graduated right on time. They started those exact years and they graduated right on time from Tennessee Tech. That's who our God is. This is just a story about college, people. What about a story that impacts your life? What about a story that impacts your salvation, your very soul? God goes further than good intentions, and we've got to do the same thing. The things that we want to see the Lord do have to be declared and written down. I want to encourage you. Second, don't even wait till you get out of here. If there's something God has dropped on your heart that you know you need to do, right now, write it down. Write it down and put a date on it and say, Lord, I know you're going to do this for me. I know you're going to do it. Not because I'm some flaky woo-woo, because you're faithful. God, you're faithful. And I'm going to write it down right now, and I'm going to declare it. Amen? Gosh, he's so stinking good. Mm. The gospel doesn't get advanced on good intentions, folks. And it's a new problem. It's not a new thing. This has been happening. Go to James 2, if you would. If you've got your Bible, flip over to James 2. And we're going to read verses 14 through 16 real quick. So what good is it, my brothers and sisters, if someone claims to have faith but has no deeds? Can such faith save them? Suppose a brother or sister is without clothes and daily food. If one of you says to them, go in peace, keep warm and well fed, but does nothing about their physical needs, what good is it? In the same way, faith by itself, if not accompanied by action, is dead. Let me tell you something. No more dead faith. No more. No more dead faith in me. No more dead faith in you or our church. No more dead faith here. Action. Action. It's not about the works. It's not about the stuff. But that's a sign of what God has done in us. It's not hard to do works when Jesus has transformed your life. You don't have a choice. You're a slave to him. And it's stinking awesome. You have no choice but to do the things that he's called you to do. We've got to go further than good intentions. We not only have to have faith, we need to accompany that faith by action. No more stopping at good intentions. We're going to be a people who put action behind our intentions here at Church on the Hill. I hope you believe that. I am so, I'm so excited. I'm so excited. We are in, do you realize we are in a pivotal time? We are in a, we are in a sweet moment right here, y'all. I just said y'all. We're sitting here together on the cusp of something huge. If we believe, if we believe what it is that we just read together, we just saw it on a screen, we just heard it, we read it in our Bibles, that we can do all these things and more. Oh my gosh. Like, what? God's going to do something huge if we really believe that. And over the next two weeks, I'm, I'm telling you, I'm coming back to this. Pastor Paul is going to ask you two questions. One each week over the next two weeks. And I'm not going to tell you what they are. But I'm telling you, it's going to mess with your world. It's going to change your life. 
if you'll let it. It's going to change your life. It's going to change our church. It's going to change this community. It's going to change the world, y'all. Right here from little old All Good Tennessee, the world's about to get changed. Just, just prepare yourself. Saddle up. It's going to happen. But God's about to turn your world upside down in a big way. Worship team, come on up. We need to worship right out of this deal here. Uh, I'm saying be here and go grab people that you, you know and grab your friends and your neighbors because like, God's about to do something that's way bigger than ourselves here. We're about to find out what the more to our story is as a church. I really believe that. Because you're going to find out what the more to your story is. Because you're going to put mediocrity to death. And you're going to go further than good intentions this next year. We're going to experience so much more. And you know why we're going to experience that? It's not so Church on the Hill can be great and grow to trillions of people and all this. Who cares? God's name's going to get glorified. His name is going to be lifted up by the people who come in here and get their lives transformed. He's going to get glory from all of the messed up, broken, ridiculous lives that he puts back together. I am so thankful that God uses people who don't deserve a shot because I didn't deserve a shot worth nothing. But God said, I'm not done with you yet. Church, let me tell you something. God is not done with you yet. You're sitting here and you think, God, you're used up and you're done or you've made too big a mistake. We went through this in the mistake factor. And if you didn't hear it, let me say it one more time. Your mistakes have been completely erased and God's going to use you if you will let him. You have to believe that there is more to the story than you're experiencing right now. You have to believe that there is more to the story with the impact that we can make. I'm not talking about church people coming here. I'm talking about lost people coming here. I'm talking about the kingdom being truly increased. Not some garbage around church shifting. No, new growth in the kingdom of God. I'm talking about you starting to seriously believe that the words of this scripture are true and that every single morning when you wake up and you get in the word and you start reading that God absolutely blows your mind with something new about his character. That's what I'm believing. I'm believing that everything that you think God can do is about to get blown up into something way bigger. I'm sorry I'm yelling. No, I'm not. I'm not sorry. That's who God is. Stand up. Here's the deal. Here's the deal. Here's what I want us to do. Again, none of this stuff is my idea. None of this more stuff is something Zach Buckner thought up. Man, this happened thousands of years ago. And Jesus decided that he was going to empower us to do more than he did. Guys, Jesus is the Son of God. And he's saying, you're going to do more than I did. My spirit's coming on you, and you're going to do more. Now, I know a bunch of you guys in here are filled with the spirit, and that's dangerous for a lost world. Some of you guys have had your lives transformed, and you're about to start telling a lot more people about it this next year. It's time. Today is the day. No more waiting. No more mediocrity. No more stopping at good intentions. It's time to make a change today, and we're going to do the, have an opportunity to do that. If you're praying, come on up because you're going to need to pray with some people. Here's the deal. If you are tired of settling for mediocrity, get, get up here. Don't wait. Don't even wait on this stuff to start happening. Don't wait on me to be done blabbing. 
get up here and let somebody pray for you. If you are tired of stopping at good intentions and you're ready for movement and you're ready for God to make a change in your life, get up here and let someone pray for you and stand with you and stand in the gap with you and see it through. And at the end of this next year, we're gonna be able to look back to December the 28th, 2014 and say, you know what? God wrecked my life that day. He wrecked my life. And my year and my life and my next 20 years was never the same because of what he did. That's the God that you and I serve. He is the alpha and the omega and the beginning and the end. And if you don't know him, get up here and let somebody introduce you to him. So here's what I'm gonna do. Right now, I'm gonna, I'm gonna pray. And the second I say amen, if God is dealing with your heart, if you're tired of dealing with mediocrity and you wanna go further than good intentions from now on out, if you know there's something God wants you to declare that you're supposed to declare, I want you to hit this altar the second I get done praying. You got it? Everybody got it? All right. Lord, I thank you so much that you are faithful. You are faithful, God. That every single word that you say is true. That every single thing that was written is true. All those stories are not just stories. It's real life. It happened. And Jesus, I thank you. I thank you that you allow us to have the opportunity to do more than even you did. That's crazy. But that's what you told us. And so right now, God, I pray release over people who have held back. I pray no more mediocrity, God. I pray that no one would stand in their pew refusing to be prayed for that would not be, uh, that, that needs breakthrough, God. Don't let people stand there one more day and not seek you with all their hearts. Father, call them out. Call out world changers right now. Father, speak over people's lives right now that unlock people's callings right now, right here at Church on the Hill, God. Unleash it, Father God, right now. And it's in Jesus' name that not only we pray, but we believe. We all said, amen. Amen. Now get up here at this altar. If you're tired of